Hi, I'm Johnny Varvel, UK's Editor-in-Chief, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the Varvel Football Podcast. This podcast aims to bring you insight, debate, and entertainment from some of the best and brightest young sports journalists from around the world. Please do give us a listen. You've already started, so I'd recommend staying for a little bit longer at least. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, then please do give us a subscribe. And even better, give us a positive review. Positive reviews are a great way to expand our reach. Not only would this mean a lot to me, but it would mean a lot to over 300 writers that write regularly for Varvel UK. We hope to get as many of them on this podcast as we possibly can over the course of the 2021 to 22 season. Anyway, enough of my waffle. Let's get straight into this. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back. After brief temporary respite from the podcast, we are back, I suppose. Just feels appropriate given the situation, given that, well, we don't know how long football will be on for now, given the fact that nothing's quite as it seems. And given the fact that, as I say, this has been, I think, fortnightly break. Due to exterior reasons, I've been super, super, super busy at social events, being productive on other events and on other moments, but it did feel right to bring something back before Christmas, back some festive cheer from the Varvel landscape. I should have actually got some of the greatest hits on Harry Knows Who I'm Talking About, don't you like Varvel's answer to Fabrizio Romano? It shakes his head. He definitely does. Shakes. He shakes his head. It's not me, by the way. It's our very special friend who shall be unnamed. But he does have some very good articles on there. And Callum's also here. I don't work for Vavil, so... He doesn't work for Vavil. He's been... <laughs> no, he doesn't. Wonderful. Yeah, there we go. Doesn't work for Vavil. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm actually talking about my good friend Jordan for the pod. He doesn't work for Vavil. We'll get him on next time. Fantastic. There we go. There we go. There we go. It doesn't matter anymore. Anyway, as you can tell, the standards have slipped since week one. But what hasn't slipped is my wonderful voice. What hasn't slipped is the wonderful analysis that is coming on display right now. Harry's doing some. Harry's doing some gymnastics. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching the darts. I'm You're watching. Harry's. Harry's watching doing darts. What's the darts? Martin Schoenberg has just lost the first leg, and it was a fantastic checkout. But it's got nothing to do with this podcast. So no, no, no. But, story. but, but for more for more analysis on darts, go to varveldarts.com. That's not a website, but if it was, I'm sure it'd be really good. <laughs> That's been it? in for about a year. Be really good. Check it out. But the Fabrizio Romano of Varvo will be on the case, and I'm sure he will provide content for that. He will, won't he? Probably. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, of course. Fabrizio Romano of Varvo, by the way, is one of our. He's a wonderful writer and a wonderful editor who, who as yet of yet, will be unnamed for legal purposes. If not, just follow, just follow mine and Harry Swift for low-key analysis of the darts, which will normally include the word limbs in one of the tweets. <laughs> the, key, the key there being low-key and probably low-rate as well. But what I would say is that Harry, whoa, again, more, more gymnastics. Sorry, it was a 180, Martin Schindler. 180. So what will happen during the duration of this pod, there will be some discussion on the action that did take place, the action that didn't take place, the action that might take place, and the occasional shout-out of 180s from the live event that's going on as, as it's recorded. This could be quite entertaining. When I said, actually, I wanted charisma on the podcast, this is what I meant. So... There we go. Fantastic. We all need a bit of that spontaneity and exuberance. Just before Christmas. Happy Christmas! If you're listening to this before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. All seasons greetings. 
or happy happy day for whatever day you're listening to. Harry's giving me that yeah. look. No, I've no, I've happy not day. had alcohol today. <laughs> happy day. Happy, happy day. day. You know what? It's not been a happy day for a lot of football teams, has it? Or journalists or fans. Bit of crazy, crazy, crazy few days because well, it's been a crazy week. People going, it's off. People, I, I can vouch firsthand, Harry. You know, you send me sarcastic messages when the games are postponed with an hour or an hour and a half to go. I'm there working tirelessly to get to matches, and then suddenly, there it's gone. What? It's not funny though, is it? But he's laughing. Why are you laughing? Why is he laughing? He's laughing. He's muted himself. Why are you laughing? He's hit his hand as well. Just at you, Johnny. Just at you. Just at me, right? Yeah, that's nice, yeah. isn't it? That's nice. You've not it... had the best of luck, have you? Recently, I've not really. No. For about three Burnley games, no, just no. keep getting called off an hour before kickoff. <laughs> you do, yeah. Which is <laughs> quite, it's quite funny because you were tweeting at least an hour before the game today, and it was on, yeah. and I was saying, but it won't be, but it was. How was it? The thing is, you had me for a few seconds when you put breaking. It's been postponed, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, I'll, I'll just quickly check." Yeah, did any did, did Fabrizio Romano and Marvel confirm that the game was on? See, he didn't. So that's why I didn't believe it. I, I always wait. It takes it takes Sky Sports news back in the day. You wait for the Fabrizio Romano Vavel to confirm it before you're 100 percent sure. So honestly, please, please do right. So anyone who's listening, press listening. Fabrizio Romano and Vavel, what's this? This is really, really, really heavy sarcasm by me and Harry. Um, the name cannot be revealed for legal reasons. Callum does know, but he's no longer a part of Vavil again, just expenditure at this point. But what we can say is that he said something, but because his mic's not strong enough, it's overpowered by my voice and my microphone. So what I will say is that the, I think we should keep this Romano gag going all the way through. Then at the very last one of the season, we reveal who Fabrizio Romano was. You know, like on Top Gear when the Stig was revealed but it was Michael Schumacher and it wasn't really. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if any of you two wrong me, I'll just leak it. This would be like the equivalent of the Downing Street parties or leak from our Vavil Romano. Vavil Romano. I, I, to be fair, I have said to Harry, if, if my... If I was analysed, my performance as a Vavil leader, it would probably be Boris Johnson that it got compared to. Not because I've been hosting illegal parties in the middle of lockdown with the Vavilers. No, they will not grace my presence. Their company is inferior to what I believe is, is, is my standard. I'm joking, because wonderful, wonderful people, especially Fabrizio. But yeah, uh, it's quite ironic to say that actually, Callum. Anyway, Harry, Harry's laughing. He's, this is, this is a, the longest monologue intro that I've ever done. But we need personality. He's shaking his head again. Look at that. But Harry, it's a bit of a car crash, but I feel it's quite entertaining. So it is quite entertaining. Over. You know what? Yeah. You know what people say about car crashes? They're entertaining. One. That's what they say. Unless not, you're involved in one. No, the metaphorical car crashes. Literal car crash is entertaining. That hurts. What's an actual car crash? I mean, like yeah, actual yeah. car crash. That that's, that wouldn't be very good. Probably yeah, that would be tragic. But metaphorical, very good. Was it a car crash today at St James's Park? Yes. I would say so. The thing is, the, the most depressing thing about it, well, there's two things. First of all, Newcastle didn't actually play that bad. They're just not mm. good enough. And Pep Guardiola, after the game, you know, they've just won 4 0. Yeah. He turned around and said, Worst we've played all season. Yeah. It's yeah. A a, not much more yeah. to really add to it. To be no, no. Very sober experience, really. It was yeah. what we all expected. I mean, look, the, the games we've had coming up, obviously, Liverpool midweek, didn't play too badly again, got beat got thumped today and if the yeah. games are ahead next week man united it's going to be the same story really so yeah just disappointing but not surprised yeah well i mean 
Yeah, that's perfect analysis because there's not really much more you can add. There was no surprises, nothing you can really take from it. Tell you what, though, João Cancelo, goal and assist, clean sheet as well. Wish I had a captain him on my fantasy team. That seems to be a running theme. I'm not getting my captains too spot on. I just switched to Salah after the debacle at the Old Trafford where I went for Kai Havertz. Just been Salah, 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 Salah. But he's, he's going, Harry's doing the ooh expression. Don't know how, you know, is, is, that in, is that in agreement that he's fantastic? It's just more the fact you're putting Kai Havertz over Salah as if he's right, team. Yeah. But Cancelo, he was quality today. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, if there was ever a, if you ever needed, you know, Amanda Stavely turned around and said she wants to win the Premier League in five years. Just have a look at Man City's bench today. Mm. Jack Grealish, £100 million. Ford and generational talent. Nathan Ake, £40 million. And Ilkay Gundogan sat on the bench. John Stone sat on the bench. We're absolutely nowhere near that. And like Cancelo was, was, was top draw today. I mean, the defence was at sea, but the quality they've got in, in, Every single position is just is just ridiculous. And look, Man City should be winning four 0 against Newcastle. They should be. Well, they did. There's no real surprise. Oh, right, yeah. Well, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, I was just going to say actually, you touched on that. Maybe ask Callum actually. I haven't said much. Um, what do you um, with all the things that have been going on, which we'll talk about in more detail probably than the games that I've gone on? Is the fact that Man City's depth and squad depth? I mean, it's never been more important, has it? And it, it and li- literally they're still going through teams. Well, they won the last two by a combined aggregate of 11-0, albeit against a, a patchy Leeds team and a, a Newcastle team that's on, on the down or decline or struggling, because they've always been struggling this season. But I guess having that depth is really paying off now because it looks like the whole situation that's collapsing around them, it doesn't look like they've been phased whatsoever. Yeah, um, partially... Uh... It's also a matter of just like you can only play what's in front of you in regards to like other teams. Mm-hmm. But you know, like actually, it's whatever they've got players, which is what they've played. But yeah, probably that's the side that's been built up over years and years, though, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. we, all, we all talk about like how much money they have at their disposal, but it's sort of it's been cleverly crafted and it's now sort of like there's two or three players in every position that can come in and do what they're asking. It's like Harry said when you look at the bench, there's players on that bench that walk into most teams in the league. So it's it it yeah, it's it's been cleverly crafted. They've got hefty amounts of talent at the disposal. Players that can play in multiple positions as well. So if one player's if by some stroke of unluckiness or whatever, they've got one position where all their usual choices are out, they can put someone there and they know they'll do the job for a game. Um they were always going to win today. Maybe it could have gone a bit longer had Newcastle not shot themselves in the foot with the first goal. Um, that's poor communication on all fronts, isn't it, really? It's just no idea really what's happened there. But you, they were going to lose anyway. But it was sort of, you know, they just sort of opened the door for Man City rather than let Man City break the door down. But, it was um, shocking. It was It was pretty horrendous. The thing is, Kieran Clark, I mean, he... He come yeah. back into the team. He got sent off against Norwich. That was his first time back inside, and it's just totally brainless defending. Like, why is he ducking? I, I assume either Dubravka shouted and he's expected him to get the ball. If he hasn't, and if you even if you're unsure, just clear the ball. You're playing Man City. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Actually, get rid of the ball. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Oh yeah, I mean, it epitomizes. That goal epitomizes Newcastle defence this season. You laugh though, don't you, Harry? Oh, yeah. When it went in, were you like, 
see what gear was. I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't creased. It was just more of the fact it was like, it's just brainless. And it just yeah. shows like the dire situation that we're in. Mm. And people think that a few signings and everyone's going to be rosy. I mean, everyone thinks that, but they probably need a full team in January. Just out of interest. The only interesting thing that could happen with Newcastle is if games get called off, that could play into our hands quite nicely. Say, look, if the next three or four games get called off and delayed, it gives Newcastle time in January to bring some players in. Yeah. So I think, like, Eddie Howe, I think he wants a break. I don't know, see why. I think, but, you know. I, think, I think the whole thing with Newcastle and buying players, like, it's all well and good chucking money at them, but it's got to be players that are, are fully aware that they're probably going to go down to the championship. These, it's whether Newcastle are willing. To is it a given though? Is it a given though, Callum? Because I mean, look, they've been absolutely horrific all no, season. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think they can get any worse. But the, the one consolation is they're only three points off Watford. No, this is it. They could still stay up. This is the mm. fact, this is the thing. I think it's whether the upper echelons of players like so, like for example, I keep seeing whether it's true or not is um. The Fiorentina striker, like Newcastle, it's not true. That is fake news. That's fake yeah. news. Yeah. I mean, he's got a seventy million release clause. And the don't need Donald to tell you that one. Or even like hypothetically, fake. like just because it, I know it's fake, but like it's just a name that's been said. It would be hard to persuade a person of that calibre to come to a side like Newcastle right here, right now, and go. You're going from Fiorentina to a side that could be relegated. It's whether, yeah, but the thing is, it's like, is a person going to go, I'm going to go for six months, but if Newcastle did go down, would they then go, oh, I'm willing to hold the year in the championship? Well, the thing is, I think also that money talks as well, and I think Newcastle will surprise a lot of people in January with the players they're bringing. I mean, look, Kieran Trippier is widely tipped by everyone to sign in January. And look, Man United are after him in the summer. I mean, He's, this is, he's quality yeah. in my eyes. This is the catch twenty two. It's like money, but also money on the positive, but also money on the negative. And the positive that they can throw money at people, which might persuade them to join. But if they went down, mm. you know, the, the loophole apparently is that they're offering loan the release clauses, like yeah, loan release clauses in contracts. Yeah, like so. loan, loan to buy. <laughs> potentially the way to go for the better players. But people like Trippier, like Trippier has wanted to come back to England, hasn't he? Like yeah. he's, he's said that before. So that's a no, no brainer really to come back to, to Newcastle where he knows he's going to play every week. And whether I, I, I'd be interested to see how many players they bring in. It's also the January transfer window is notoriously hard to negotiate with as well because clubs are more reluctant to let go of their, Players, especially if Newcastle are looking at players of clubs that sort of like are closer to them in the table, for example, like say, for example, Burnley, like Ooh. they are going to keep Ben Me and Tarkovsky, are they mm. not? They want to keep it safe, but Newcastle want them to. Mm. Burnley are going to put up a large, larger asking price, not oh. only because it's close to them, both of them are English, so they have English tax on them as it is. Mm. So it's like it's whether Newcastle are willing to pay, I think they 48 know... 48 million for one. They know they're going to have to pay over the odds to players, mm. regardless, because people now in Newcastle have all this money, so it, they're just going to get random prices slapped on them. So mm. Throwing money around. 
But I think also as well, look, they're the richest club in the world. They've got to start acting like it as well. Yeah, that is. I mean, look how much relegation can cost you. It's hundreds of millions of pounds, isn't it? Chicken feed, yes. though, for the owners. They're going to get ripped off. Yeah, they're going to get well, ripped the off. The bottom's with that, can't they? They're, they're going to get ripped off in places, but they've got to, they've got to spend. If they went down, teams are still going to try and rinse them for as much money. There'll be clubs, there'll be clubs going. They'd obviously break records for spending fees in the championship, but there'd be clubs still demanding in excess of 30, 40 million for the players. But one thing I'm, I'm going to throw at you here as well is if you're a mid table Premier League player, say playing for like Southampton, that sort of thing, would you rather play for a mid table Premier League club or play in the championship in a title winning a Newcastle side? That's and a very... be in the Premier League next season and that, potentially yeah, competing for Europe. Because I feel yeah. if they go down, they'll very much do what Wolves did. Where like yeah. they, they yeah. spent a pile of money, got promoted, and then it's like, oh, top seven straight away. I mean, I might sound deluded in that respect, but look, Newcastle are they're gonna spend money. <laughs> you sound no deluded way. anyway, to be fair. So I mean there's, there's no <laughs> nothing in that respect, really. What do you think on that though, Johnny? What would you do? I think you know, I mean you could throw money at me and I'd sign tomorrow, you know. So I think uh my, my assistant manager to um to the wonderful, I was going to say Steve Bruce, to Eddie Howe, uh, could join Jason Tindall at the, in the back of staff. No, I don't know. I think you both got a fair point. I think the issue with, with the wonderful uh, art of money is that if you throw so much, like you said, would you rather play for a mid-table team or would you rather have that opportunity that you just mentioned? There's also going to be the prospect, I suppose, of anyone signing on who's arguably a talent of sorts, a, a name of sorts. If they do go down there, then have the buyout, uh, maybe a, a buyout clause. So, you know, they have the opportunity to then, you know, I don't know, go to go to stay in the Premier League or choose to stay at Newcastle or whatnot. There is a, there is the argument I always had, really. I might have said it on your podcast, actually, Harry, about the calibre of player that you bring in as well. It's talked about a lot. You could sign a player for 40, 45 million with an inflated fee. They might be very, very, very talented. But then when the going gets tough and you're losing four or five nil and you can't break that rut, you need people who are going to pull people up by the scruff of the neck. You need people who are going to run through walls. Not sure when you think about that type of player. That's not the first thing that comes to mind is that you think of sparkling quality. You don't necessarily think of characters that are going to, you know, lead by example, are going to dig in deep. Although what I would say is if Kira Drippier does come, I think he's one of those that would. I think he's a very, very good character, certainly, you know, from his ex Burnley connections that someone who can take a game by the scruff of its neck, utilise the minimal but effective bits of quality they have in the likes of Wilson and St Maximan, blend that in with, because I don't think it's worth splashing on 11 new players because mm. then it's almost like by the time they've all gelled, it could be too late. So I feel mm. like the gentleman is the perfect way to get three or four in who have who, like you say, have the perfect blend. Like Trippier is someone that will command at the back. He's got a wealth of experience, you know, He and he's, he's done sort of the top half of tables, but he's also done it at the bottom of the table as well. And sort of, so he knows that, that side of it. Whereas like there are players that will come in that have got glittering careers or whatever, or are touted to go to the top. They may have not been in those sort of relegation battles. So may not know, what it's like, you know, it's a whole different kettle of fish when you're scrapping for points to stay in the league, whereas when you're scrapping for points to win titles, mm. I think very different things. Yeah. So it's it's all having that. It's got it's got to have that perfect blend, and those players that come in have to gel straight away. Yeah, and if Newcastle go down, as 11, well, Harry, if I could buy eleven Connor Cordys in January, I would. That's the yeah. sort of player we need. 
like yeah, but you like, that's what Newcastle are like massively. Like Tomorrow a bit sells, of pace, though, wouldn't it? If you had eleven Colin Cody's, it'd be like in terms, of, in terms of leadership qualities, is should have been more in terms of football. Yeah. If I could have eleven Matt Ritchies, I would like you said in our podcast the other week. I'd, yeah, good link. Mm. Listen to that. I'm there. So one of the you actually said actually Harry, if you've got um, you know, if, if Newcastle go down, maybe Eddie Howe goes. Need someone to bring you back up. No one I can. You know it's going. <laughs> <laughs> can't look Don't. beyond Steve Bruce. <laughs> can't look beyond Steve Bruce with with uh, with John Carver as his assistant. That's that thing that's... is John Carver. Is, John Carver is a better assistant than Graham Jones, who we've got at the minute. What about he's Steve just, Bruce? He's just not a manager. Steve Bruce. I'll, I'll I'll no comment. Give him to the end of the season. Give him to the end of the season. One thing that does worry me about Steve Bruce now, with no with with Eddie Howe is. The whole idea was that they couldn't defend. And right now, even watching them the week before against Leicester, there, there was no sign to me that they looked any better defensively. I mean, I don't watch them every week, so it's hard. See, going... see I do. And they, like, yeah. they are just, I think it's the rubbish. This is the problem. Newcastle yeah, have not signed a defender on a permanent deal for three years. What you're yeah. seeing now is 14 years of neglect under Ashley. It's a, and that defence was in the championship those five years ago. That championship defence was from five years ago. Yeah. Every other team has yeah. jumped on leaps and bounds from then. So, this like, is, it, it's yeah. all he's got, really. This is it. And then, but then I can, like, if I'm playing devil's advocate, then you look at, like, someone like Joel Linton, who, whilst he's not become, like, an unbelievable player, like, he sort of, seen something in him and gone right you're not a striker but you can be of use to me and I, I I was really impressed with him actually when he played against Leicester so it's like there is proof that his coaching methods are working it just you know obviously you need to score goals but also you're not mm. going to win well he played him as a centre mid the day and the one thing you'll get from Joel Linton I think that's why a lot of the fans like this you'll give 100% he gives everything, like, albeit, look, we all know he's not the best player. He's certainly not a striker, but I think he's one of the most, he's probably one of the best players in his team at the moment, if not think, the best. I think he's unlocked Eddie Howe's seen something about him, and I think it actually makes a lot of sense in a way. He, mm. he has, like, there was a couple times when you get the ball and the way, he, I know it's, like, really little things, but, like, the way he turned on the half turn on the ball and, like, would look up to pass the ball rather than just turning and aimlessly hit and hope that someone was running onto mm. it or whatever. The way he styles his hair. Obviously, you've got the usual two, St. Maximan and Wilson, yeah. who are going to bail you out. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about St. Maximan sometimes, I just feel like if he like, had a bit more coaching about him, he would be incredible. Like He's incredible as it is, yeah, but it's I- very like... It's very Dharma Traore esque in its shackles hmm. are. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that actually. I actually think he probably benefits from from less coaching because you sort of have the uh, you you just let him do his thing and do what he wants. There's an argument you could overcoach some players. Fabregas has said it a number of times in the modern game. And Saint Maximan is like uh, he, he's just tremendous. Maybe, I, I, or, or maybe I've worded it wrong. Maybe not. In, maybe in the sense of sometimes it feels like when he gets the ball, he feels like he has to. Literally do it all because he, he does. He's the best he does. Player. This is the thing, and what I've noticed with him at the minute is like when under Bruce, it was like, lad, do whatever the hell you want, play up front, skin everyone, do your stuff. It's a bad tactic, though, wasn't it? Let's be honest. 
it wasn't a bad tactic, but under Eddie Howe, he's playing him in his natural position as a winger, and he's not as yeah, he's not okay. as potent as he is in games. But I think over time, he'll he'll get better. I think I said it when Eddie Howe first came in with St Maximum. It was over yeah. time he will become a better player yeah. playing in his natural position. I think I think, I think Bruce. Bruce has. Maybe, Bruce has. <laughs> maybe more, maybe more of a maturity in his game. Yeah, it's certainly better than Triore. End product is still a bit yeah. hit to miss, but it's a lot better than Triore. Still, oh, it's better than Triore. Still, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. Enough of the time warp bonus feature episode. That was ridiculous. It's, I don't know. Opening monologue was about twenty <laughs> I'm minutes. Sick of talking about Newcastle. Yeah, it's ridiculous. A bad opening. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, uh, the big game as well, like Tottenham Liverpool. That was that was quite big. Two two. Uh, I was watching Spider Man, so um, <laughs> I could I could safely say I didn't see the majority of this. I, you, you shake your head, Harry, but shake your head, Harry. I don't know. I don't know why I was going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, whatever. But it was a very very entertaining film. It was also a very very entertaining game apparently, and I, and I did catch up on it. It did look very entertaining. Tottenham had a hat full of chances, you know, to win that game. Really, really, really good, and it was the first test of Antonio Conte Spurs, and they came through it, and they they, they played really, really well. Deli Ali even, you know, contributing, even though many people think he's going to be leaving in Jan, had a really big chance. Alisson made a really big save. Alisson also made a crucial error at the end. Uh, young Klopp was moaning after because Kane probably should have been sent off. No arguments there from either of you. Interesting on Harry Kane, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. I've not seen the game. But a lot of people were saying that, that's uh, good, that's because because he's England captain, he yeah. gets a lot of gets a lot of help off the referees. Weren't you saying that before we went onto the podcast? Yeah, I was saying that before, and you don't pretend thing. it was someone else. Oh yeah, well, look, we I've seen yeah. it before. I think it was 2018. We played it was the first game of the season back in Premier League, and he absolutely crunched uh, one of our defenders, Florian Lejeune. He tore his ACL. It was a straight red mm. card. Didn't even get a booking for it. So it's not mm. the first time that. So Harry you've been games. thinking about this for a while. Well, I've seen it today and it just mm. kind of brought back the memories of <laughs> he's a look and remember the whole thing as well last season when he was like ducking behind defenders and the wall looking over the top of his head and he would get away with that as well so I certainly think that if you play for England certainly if you're the captain you, you do get away with a lot more stuff mm. he still does he still does the the back yeah. thing and that doesn't dispute as well the the Robertson red card was mm. a red card yeah well I think where the angle yeah. lies and where people go and how can you give that as a red card was because Kane wasn't given a red yeah. card. And then you know, there's, there was people saying, you know, like, oh, he, he was going for the ball, but the ball had gone past by the time yeah. the studs were up. And, I agree. Yeah, I, we've seen players get sent off for challenges where they actually win the ball, but because the follow-through is so yeah. bad, with the look, they get sent off. So I think the whole refereeing thing was a calamity in that game anyway. The yeah. Liverpool second defence. Humble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very, very entertaining from what I saw. Like I say, uh, it, it, it was a tremendous game, and I think what you take from it really is more. I don't think you take away too much from Liverpool. They were without Van Dijk. They were they were without Van Dijk going into that. Best defender, best centre back in the world. Well, because I mean, look, they, they beat us, but you could tell they weren't the same side without. without him. I can't believe how much influence he has on. Oh, the team you, I, th- I think he, I think it is. I think not only is he, I think he's the best centre back in the world. He's come back to be that. Not only is he very, 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 very good defensively, but he's absolutely brilliant at playing the ball. I mean, you see with Ben White at Arsenal, actually, when he's not playing, they lack the person who plays the ball out. But I mean, Ben White's nowhere near Van Dyke defensively. You can see, it just shows how good a player about Van Dyke is, by the way, that he can play the ball out. I was going to say like Ben White, but Ben White more in that sort of 
a ballpark with Van Dyke. But then when where Ben White falters and many other ball players falter is they're not as good defensively. They, they have a bit of a weakness there, like a lot of ball playing centre backs do. Van Dyke's the full the full package, the Rolls Royce, perfect defender for the past and the present. Superb, and yeah, makes a massive difference. And just a, just a quick word, final word on Tottenham. Uh, first big test under Antonio Conte. Arguably could have won the game, played really, really well. Um, maybe had a bit of luck with the Kane thing as well, so ifs, buts and maybes. But where can they finish this season? I mean, they're still a bit short, aren't they, on the player front? But good January, they should be challenging for fourth. No? Okay. Not uh, so no, not, not top four for me. I just think there's no. too much ground to cover now. So. Oh, okay. Well. If anything, the biggest thing we learned from the game is how shambolic the refereeing is in this country. We had an awful one today as well. Yeah, oh, just yeah. the standard of refereeing across the whole. Good country. neutrality, Harry. We. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it needs it needs reviewing. It needs analysing. It's. It's a shame we couldn't get anyone from abroad in a non-visa way. There was this like market where everyone could just go to different countries, visa-free. That's what Henry, like a European Union. Sorry, that was a political joke. Uh, anyway, that's something went under deaf ears. I think uh, we'll just to touch on a few. Well, the two more games that we played are briefly. Wolves nil, Chelsea nil. Chelsea faltering. Chelsea badly struggling due to injuries across the board. Really, so you can sort of. I mean, even Jurgen Klopp said today he sympathised with Thomas Tuchel, and you, yeah, I think I think you can. They, they were. You know, the, have you seen? No, I don't. You see, we had this. I had this discussion with other people, and the whole thing. They've got a couple of players out with COVID, but and before the game, the way Tuchel talked about it, and then the lineups came out, and they're only really missing Lukaku, who they've missed for a large chunk of this season. Werner, um, Chilwell. And the thing is, like, not all of them start. You're, you're spot on, Colin. You look at the bench as well, don't you? And you look at the bench, and he said we're really weak, and there were that bench alone was worth more than. I don't. I don't. I I understand the the COVID thing, but I don't understand how they were severe. There was still more than enough in that Chelsea squad to beat Wolves today. The start yeah, well, was actually very strong. Yeah, yeah the start. The only couple, the only players in that starting eleven that weren't there was really Chilwell. If you're going off what it's been like the majority mm-hmm. of the season, Chilwell, Jorginho, and maybe Lukaku. Big players though. Big players. Even Lukaku was barely featured. He hasn't. He has barely featured. No Havertz as well. Big players, granted, but if you're there to win the title, you win with what you've got. And yeah. Liverpool today, no midfield. Yeah. Like Tyler yeah. Morton, youngster, was playing for the day and no excuses on their front. Yeah, well, well no, I think he made a few, didn't he, though, Clough after. So I, I mean, he's a master of excuses sometimes, is Jürgen. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think they have struggled a little bit. With, I think it's more more been a consistent issue, certainly within the midfield. I mean, ideally, they'd be playing Kante and Jorginho nearly every week. And that's always been an issue, hasn't it? Kante's had fitness. Kovacic has had fitness issues. Jorginho has been playing through an injury. Obviously, Loftus Sheets sort of been drafted in. Is he really a double pivot midfielder? Probably not, but he's there. Obviously, Chilwell's out. Alonso's been struggling a little bit as well, but he did come back today. He'd come back in the few past few games, but again, they've had to find different solutions to different problems. I don't know. I think it's it's difficult for many squads that aren't Manchester City. I think which is the the the, the best I think around and the best in the country. And, and to, testament to Wolves, actually, they lost to lost to City. 
lost to Liverpool, drew with Chelsea, but they only lost to Liverpool in the dying seconds and they only lost to City in controversial so, circumstances. They should have they robbed that penalty hit Man City last week. Yeah. So, they, they unfortunate, just unfortunate, I think. And they're doing very well, as we've said many times in the Bruno Large. And just a quick final one before we move on, on the Leeds-Arsenal game. Leeds really struggling. Had a quick debate with Callum about this today. Um, I mean, I, I do actually, I mean, Arsenal doing really well. There's not much more than could be said than really, really good young squad. Manager that's very young, still learning. Technical director that's very young, done quite well this summer. Everyone at Arsenal is very, very young. So if they don't get fourth, it's probably why, but they are going in the right direction. At Leeds, it's kind of the opposite. And I sort of go by the line, Harry, and I, 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 I don't know. I think when, you, when someone like Marcelo Bielsa comes into your football club, elite coach, elite philosophy, top, top. I mean, for me, he's the sixth best manager in the division at present. That's my opinion, coach. Because I think he, he's had such a wonderful influence on some of the best managers in the world already, Pochettino, Guardiola. And everyone speaks highly of him. But he is an elite coach mentality, elite coach mind. So even with all these injuries going on, even with everything that's going on at Leeds, the depleted numbers, going, you know, going to some youth players like Gell Hart up front and having to having to stretch those resources, he isn't going to change how he plays. And that means that even if the players that are on there aren't good enough to do what he needs them to do, he won't change. He won't go away from the high press, high risk football that he's renowned for and in the short term that's going to give Leeds a bit of a problem isn't it because they are slipping they are sliding a lot of the players don't look like they can do what he wants them to do hence the beatings yeah it baffled me quite a bit that he didn't sort of park the bus against Arsenal I don't think, he I think can. it was it was pretty obvious that they were going to lose I mean it's a depleted squad they've got at the minute mm. and I think don't know whether you guys had, had kept tabs on that the year they did come up in the championship and it was they were crippled with injuries around the January time anyways and the worry always was with Bielsa in mm. his training regimes that it was too much for the players and they'd stop picking up injuries and the squad would just fall apart and this is what we're seeing at the minute I mean I think when Leeds get their full squad back together like Carvin Phillips, Bamford you know all missing they'll come good and I think they're good enough to stay up because it's not a, it's not a good league at the, at the bottom Johnny you'll, I'm sure you'll agree with me there's, some, there's five or six awful teams in that division and I think Leeds will be okay but in the minute, like you said, they're gonna they're gonna struggle and they're gonna suffer. But I think Bielsa, manager he is, once he gets his players back, mm. they'll be okay. To be honest with you, like, like I said, I think he's the sixth best coach in the division. I think loads of teams are killed to have Marcelo Bielsa in charge of their in charge of their squads. But so this is gonna sound weird, but in a in a paradoxical kind of way, in the short term with all the injuries and all the issues going around with the squad, if they did have someone like Sam Allardyce in charge, right? No, I'm not saying they should, by the way, but I saw it on I saw it on Twitter, I saw it on TalkSport, and I thought, well, that's clearly clickbait. But in the next month or so, while they're still getting everyone back, a manager like that who doesn't think, I'm going to play this way, he, someone like that thinks, I'm going to play to the strengths of who I have, would get more out of that current group that is fit, I think, than Bielsa would, because he'd probably say, as you said, right, we're going to park the bus, we're going to defend deep, two blocks of four, Stick two guys up top, probably Rafinha just playing off the Put Rafinha off the as a striker. Exactly, like, that's maximum. probably what it would be. No, yeah. yeah, sure. But in the short term, in the next month or so, that would probably be more beneficial to them. But obviously in the long term, of course, he'd never do what Bielsa did. But you know what I mean? I think at the moment, while he's brilliant, he's kind of the problem because he won't acclimatise to what he has, if that makes sense. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Even when they've had 
the large bulk of their squad, though. They've still been ripped apart like twice, twice in two seasons. They've been battered by Man United, and I'm not talking battered, just battered like off in terms of possession and on the pitch. It's like six nil scoreline, six nil, six one scorelines. Like no Calvin yeah, Phillips though, and no left back in that one were they? I don't think. That's two no, but Calvin Phillips is really big for, for what yeah. Leeds tried to do. Granted, yeah, but that's still like one player out of why well, I can't. He, there's, I've watched them this year. I don't think they're that good in general. I think they're in trouble. I, I don't I, think they'll go down, but they'll be. I don't think they'll go down, but they're in bother. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I look at it and, I, and it teams. Are like this under Bielsa. They get three, four years in, and they're so shattered from the way that they have to play. And yeah, it's 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 all great and fancy, and whatever. And Pep and Pochettino and whatever, they all love him because he impl- he, he does this great thing. But it's why he's not managed a top level club because these methods, if knackering players out, I don't think Leeds, even with their full strength team or near full strength this season, have been good enough. I don't mm. think they're, they're players short. They, you asked their fans, they, they said they want they needed players in the summer and they didn't get enough players in the mm. summer. Mm. That's that's on them. And I, I just don't... I, I, they probably will stay up because I think it's three worst teams. Mm. But next season, I don't know. To, to be fair, he does. One, he signs on one year deal. I think that there's a few reasons. I think when you when you talk about managing the top club, I, I don't necessarily buy that because the top club, if they were backing him and backing his ideas, would have the good would have a good turnover of players. There'll be still some players in that Leeds team that can 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 cope with the high demands of Bielsa's football. But then obviously the others would be transitioned out, and you'd have rotation, just like Guardiola at City, really, with the demands that he expects from them. I think more you'd attribute to the fact Bielsa hasn't managed a big club. I'd say is more down to the fact. Doesn't really have the X factor or the com- or, or the confidence, maybe at dealing with egos like a Guardiola does, like a young Klopp does. You see how he charismatically deals with the media and with players. Bielsa's a shy guy. He doesn't seem to like, you know, having to play all this personality politics with all the big egos. I feel like he suits a club without those big egos. I also think the personality himself, even though he's a quiet, shy guy, he'll also not be afraid to tell the owner, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not having this. He was in charge of Napoli for less than a month. Because when he took charge, he didn't like the way the direction was going. He said, right, I'm off, see you, bye. You know, so again, you don't get that sustainability with him. He signed one-year contracts at Leeds. So you can't ever plan two, three, four years with him. If he doesn't think it's going to work at all, he will inevitably go go and leave the project. You know, these are on season by season bases. I just don't buy this thing. It's so good that Leeds play like this every week because they've been battered twice. And... Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people have now like seen past the age thing yesterday, going how young and depleted the squad. Mm. Yes, yeah, but they weren't that, that that squad had more than enough experience in it. It was on average a more experienced squad than the Arsenal. Team but to be was. honest, though, I still think the squad that came up, which he largely stuck with, albeit he signed a few players around it. it to be honest, they were a cursed, cursed squad, cursed club that couldn't come to the Premier League. He got them to the Premier League, playing the most attractive football possible. Kept the bulk of that squad together. And made kept it going and, and and you know got them a top half finish, which was remarkable really in that first season. So you're bound to have, I suppose, a bit of second season syndrome where you sit back, look at it, and think, well, actually, how much has he overachieved so far? You know, he's got some brilliant players in, obviously spent big on certain individuals. But if we think about it logically, I mean, 
getting them up was a miracle in itself. Finishing top half in your first season, though, yeah. what, I think was it, it was because they're a cursed club. We've seen many attempts to try and get this cursed club. clubs and all that sort of thing. But yeah. that side was built four or five years in the making, getting promoted. And remember, but but it's still yeah. But you Brighton, Brighton almost beat us to the title, and their team was very similar to Leeds, where they built it over a number of years and got promoted. But Calvin yeah, Phillips was getting called up to the England squad while they were in the Championship. It was a very good side. First year Bielsa was in charge, they were cruising at the top of that league for ages and they nearly slipped out the playoffs come the end of the season. They should have beaten Derby. Mm. I think it's one of those though, isn't it? Especially with the championship as well, because there's 46 games and not 38. I mean, it does take even that kind of style to the next level. It'd be interesting to see. Jürgen Klopp plays a very high intense brand of football. If Jürgen Klopp was given that, I'm sure he'd be following a similar kind of tactical setup. Maybe even Ranyuk, the wonderful Ranyuk, everyone, all United fans love and adore. No, I feel like sometimes play with it just because of the name, though. Like there's there's town town there's teams that have bottled massive leads at the top of massive leads. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's massive. There's they've bottled you know like twenty point cushions on other teams, mm. and then their managers get slated at and abuse for it or whatever you know. But then Bielsa because he's got a great football philosophy when mm. when it happens. Went oh you you know but it's, it's Bielsa and you know like trust the process or whatever like I feel like sometimes like even like Ranić to some extent like he, he gets a bit of like oh well look what he's done for the beautiful mm. game and look admire him great it's people admire him but they haven't got this they, they still make mistakes and oh yeah mistake on Saturday and I don't think Leeds are a very good side this season. Well, as I quoted to you, when Jurgen Klopp was losing, he lost about six or seven home games in a row. He never changed his style. Everyone's saying, why does it, even I thought, why does he play five at the back? Why does he try something different? He won't change his style. He won't do it. That's what he does. There's though Klopp. That's a luxury Klopp's got. What? He also gets a few injuries. He's... Yeah. 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 You said it. You said it. You don't need any more. We're going to, we're going to we'll, we'll stop talking about the football on the field. Talk about it off the field. Um, as, as we sort of said at the start, I was an unhappy bunny having to attend a game that wasn't on. Done that twice. So the first time was due to snowy conditions. That that made me unhappy. Then I went to pub to be unhappy. Then I went to a then I went to a lovely, lovely family party, so I was happy. But I wasn't happy at the start. I'm not I wasn't happy either midweek, one hour and a half before kickoff. Bam. What's happened? We're not we're not doing the game. Why? COVID. Why didn't you say it six hours ago? Bunno. Like I don't just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean I wish Newcastle's games were getting called off like yours. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have played the Watford game because I actually felt confident uh, for Burnley with the Watford game. Yeah, Villa, I'm not too sure. But anyway, the point is calling games off an hour, an hour and a half before. I mean, if there was, a, there's been many um, evidences that football's not really for the fans at the elite level. It's more for the, you know, for for other exterior things and uh, like the money. And I don't think it's ever been clearer, has it, than even in these crazy times, number one, health of people, health of players, top. A second should always be the, the circumstances of the fans, the, the, the showing respect to the fans who were probably going to make the journey, probably, probably got tickets for the game. And that's just completely been ignored, hasn't it? You can't... Oh, well, I'll ask you both. We can't continue football as it's being played right now, where fans are going to games, not knowing if they're going to be on until an hour before the kickoff. That's not sustainable. And to be honest, if, it, if that's the plan, then we should, well, football should be temporarily cancelled, shouldn't it, really, if we're being honest? 
big cut-off point, really. Day mm. four. Yeah. Tickets. And, you know, the people, like, there's people who, who aren't into football as much, and they go, well, why are these elite games being called off, but not the lower league ones? And that, and that's quite simply just down to they get tested in the time. So it's going to pick up. But there should be a cut-off point. If, if, you're, if it's Friday and your game is on Saturday, yeah. that should be a point. You know, there's, like you say, there's people that take time off work, especially the midweek games. Those are the ones that, mm. that, you know, people take two days off work sometimes to go to those games and travel in excess of, you know, seven, eight-hour round trips, these mm. games to arrive out an hour before kickoff and then find out that the game's cancelled. So yeah. that's... 78, you know, nearly a couple hundred quid sometimes. Like I, I completely agree with Callum, to be fair, Harry, on that, that it should be the day before, or at least, well, I actually said quite leniently six hours before, but the day before nah. makes more sense. Yeah, nah. yeah, day before makes sense. Imagine you're that Bournemouth Middlesbrough game. Yeah, you're yeah. Setting off. You, you get into Middlesbrough at 10 o'clock and then you find out the game's gone. No, 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 I do agree with you the day before. What I was saying is actually when it was, when it was uh, the time, and we were saying people do on the day testing. If it's on the day testing, they're probably the most realistic time you can do for a three o'clock kickoff is in the morning. But they are doing on the day testing. That is the point. They will do it. So Calm's point's correct. I agree with him. But it won't happen because they do on the day testing, which means that people will well, only find out the results three, four hours. The before. problem is as well, Johnny, they're not letting fans know. That's what like, I mean. Yeah. Wasn't the Villa game against Burnley? Villa put requesting at 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning. But it wasn't public knowledge till about half twelve, and most Villa fans and Burnley fans had already up, were on their way off travel to the game. It's just, it's not good I mean, enough. From like the media perspective, we can have a bit of understanding because obviously this team, media team, and that they need to get the information themselves. They need to prep the. Info I didn't know. Just <laughs> like, there. Within the club, obviously, like yeah. unbelievable, not done. Prepped and whatnot, but. It, it, it's got to be quicker and it's got to be a cutoff point. I mean, I read just before we came on here that they're talking about not suspending the Boxing Day games, but suspending the games after the 28th and 29th, which to me is baffling because if it's that bad, you would cancel the next round of games. Would you just... which, like they're trying to do it to sort of break up the gaps and allow people to recover more, but it's, it's always going to happen. People get tested all the time. Yeah. People get tested. Well, it seems to be honest with you, it sounds a bit like. Um, so, what's what is going to happen? I don't. This isn't going to be a political pod. Maybe it should be, but this is. This, it's going to indirectly whatever happens with Boris Johnson and the and the Conservative Party and the government, whatever they decide is going to inversely or well directly affect what goes on with football. They follow similar margins. So, if Boris Johnson says on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh, a bit like Wales are doing, like we were saying Aaron before we came on, if he says on the twenty seventh, we're doing a two week circuit breaker then football will just fall into that and say, right, well, we're not going to do football for two weeks. I think it's a lot of what's going to happen with football is going to be tied to what the government respond to, like. In the, and, and from what I have been reading, that seems it seems like we might be following Wales, which would make sense what Callum said, that you'd go to the 26th Boxing Day games, and then after that, potentially you'd have maybe a circuit breaker. But in what terms of like keeping the virus and that down, you're gonna have everybody at Christmas who's mixing. That's what I thought. Then we're yeah. gonna be piling in hundreds of thousands of people at the stadiums on yeah. Boxing Day and the day yeah. after. Yeah. And we're gonna have a two week circuit break. Honestly, that? I think the Volvo management team's comparable to the UK government. Actually, not comparable, better. 
I've read it in that what they're doing is they would play the Boxing Day games, not play the 29th, whatever, and yeah. then play the But the thing is as well, I think there's a there's a bit of pressure from the Premier League in that obviously there's the World Cup next year. Yeah. So the Premier League is starting slightly earlier. So there's a shorter stop gap between the end of this season. And so they're conscious of the fact that they know that whilst they're cancelling these games, they've got to Tottenham up and fill them in places. But then you've got six clubs that are playing European football yeah. after Christmas. They've got fixtures, you know, some will have more than others mm. to oblige, which they can't be changed unless, yeah, you, you know, that. so there's pressure on the Premier League in that they don't want to cancel the games because they know full well that teams are, you know, look, look at Spurs' fixture list. They've got endless amounts of games to play. Burnley's? Yeah, well, you've got a hectic one. Can he easy? Everyone now, I'm pretty sure every team must have at least one game in hand. Don't sure. think Newcastle no. won't be ones. Uh, Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> I wish we had games in hand. The more games after January, the better for us. Yeah. Which are, are, are the ones that have been affected, Leeds. which are probably Norwich and Newcastle. Leeds. Um, yeah, I think Leeds have played every week. Arsenal. But, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're not, it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure and whatever happens is going to divide opinion because everybody because there's that many people on the world no one's ever going to be agree with Liverpool because they've yeah, the only, the only teams that have played 18 games this season is uh, Man City Liverpool Chelsea Arsenal Wolves uh, Leeds and Newcastle I love you said the only is about a list of about 8 or 7 <laughs> six, <laughs> is it I can't count I wasn't really listening um, yeah, I think it's it's. In, I mean, what I would say is that if we are going by the idea that this is how clubs are treating supporters and media teams and whatnot, reporters or whatever, that games are being cancelled an hour before or an hour and a half before, then you have to suspend football. You have to suspend football. As long as that's the case, where people are treated with contempt all around, you know, everyone outside is, is unaware until the very last minute, for me... That's enough to cancel football temporarily. I don't know what you think, Harry. I, th- I, th- I think that's what, from my, if that's how, if we see the events of this week replicating themselves on the 26th and forward, where people are going to games, then it's being cancelled and you end up with four of the games out of the 10 being played and six being called off at the last minute, then, then what's the point in having it on? Because it's just nonsense, isn't it? It's just making it up as you go along. Yeah, it's not right. Look, I think we need to just take two or three weeks out and, but, you know, do you see what Jurgen Klopp said today about it depends whether these players and that are going to get vaccinated and boosted because if yeah. they're not going to bother, then we may as well just keep playing because they're just going to like, all right, we'll not play football, but we're all going to go around and, you know, go on the party. Yeah. What's the point? So there's, well, there's but, two but, ways of balancing. But again, Harry, I suppose if it's, if it's with the circuit breaker, I, I mean, no one, no one broke rules during the circuit breaker, did the prime minister? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly I was going for that one I was going, thank you but um, yeah I, I, as I say whatever happens with the government and with Boris Johnson whatever decisions they make around Christmas will affect exactly what football does in my opinion if they do nothing I don't think football will I think football will limp on and limp on and limp on until government actually do something so if government say we've got a circuit breaker the bye bye football till the end of the circuit breaker Government say, "Oh, we'll do it in January." 
I, st- I can still see football limping through this period because there's so many games, you know, in such a short period. They'll probably say, oh, well, we'll just manage through. We'll, mub- we'll mundle through. Well, that's what they've done for the past week. So it wouldn't be surprising if they did that, I suppose, until until the new year. But we don't know. We don't know. I, I think it's crazy. Anyway, we'll, go on, we'll finish on something lighter. Finish on something lighter. Um, team of the season, temporarily. It's like Christmas, isn't it? And people do the half team of the season, team of the season. Uh, I haven't asked for what the season uh, the teams are. So just like Spider-Man today, I went in unspoiled. And uh, I was, well, I wasn't that surprised really, really. So maybe I'll feel the same after this. Uh I'm, I have written mine down in my head, but while Harry explains his, I'm going to write it out on Twitter, not tweet it and just read it because my Twitter app's open. So it just seems the, it's just like Apple Notes or Samsung Notes. Funny. Nod your head. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Harry, Callum, I suppose starting goal, really. Now, this one actually is one of the few positions I've had a bit of a challenging debating my head over i've got two names down really i could have three um i'll let you two speak first maybe maybe we'll come to a combined team of who we actually you know maybe we can agree on something you know like they do on monday night football other sports are available where you sort of say oh yeah well we can agree on that maybe we'll come to that i don't know harry goals there's some standout options isn't there quite obviously yeah i mean there's there's a few but i've gone for aaron ramsdale I just think this season, I mean, he's been so important for Arsenal. He's been the player of the month, I think, for the last two months. And when he signed, he's under a lot of controversy as well. A lot mm. of people said, look, they're wasted a pile of money on, on Ramsdale. And that was one of them, look, 30, 35 million pounds on a, yeah. a goalkeeper that's been relegated twice. I said he'd be world goals, class, but, to be fair. But he's, he's quality and he's mm. he's not on the door to be England's number one. So for me, definitely Ramsdale and goal. But I can argue a case for Edouard Mendy as well. That's the two, wasn't it? That's the two. They're your two as well, Callum, maybe. Yeah, I was going to go Mendy. Mm. Mendy, bar that one game, he was, he's been event. Some of the saves he's made is just ridiculous. And I think he's probably one of the best value for money signings Chelsea have made in recent times for all the money they've spent on players. Mm. The, how little they spent on him in Chelsea's terms, I think he's just. I think it's incredible. Yeah, they were they were my two. All season I've gone Mendy. Today I'm going Ramsdale. Because it's really difficult. Mendy's been phenomenal. Really, really has been phenomenal. But what Ramsdale's done since he's gone to Arsenal, like Harry said, he's, he's defied all the critics, really. And Chelsea's form stagged a little bit. And I, I, think, I think back to only a few weeks ago, probably the worst performance I've ever seen in the... Mendy's had in a Chelsea shirt against West Ham where he was atrocious. He was slightly culpable, slightly for the Everton equaliser where he was sort of a little bit too close on his line. His distribution of late has waned a little bit. There's been a few in games. I'm thinking of the one against United as well where he passed it to Fred, a better executed finish or pass, and United go on to lose that game. He's been phenomenal though, by the way. He's been absolutely brilliant. And I'm siding with Ransdale for the reasons Harry said, really. He's been brilliant, not only at shot stopping, but his distribution's almost, well, he's been absolutely top, top draw. His leadership has been excellent. And what he's done, I was going to say what he's done to a, that defence, but that defence is quite new look anyway. He, But he's been such an integral part of that Arsenal team. I didn't, think, I didn't think Leno was that bad, by the way, 
It's, he got a lot of criticism. That's the thing. He that's came in thing. as number two because it's like yeah. thirty million pound. He's coming to sit on the bench and he just yeah. placed Leno after a few games. So credit to him. Now he's, he's been brilliant. Ramsdale just, but very close. And, I, and I, it was a toss of a coin. But because of that and because of Chelsea's recent slump, slightly and Mendy's slightly less, you know, brilliant form. I've, I've gone Ramsdale right back. Re- well, this is interesting, Harry. You've gone back. Five, five, just to get yeah, just to get everyone in. Really. Three, so it'd be a three. Shall we go three then? Three, well, you can go. I, I can't really go with a with a back three really because I've got wingers, so it's like five really attacking five four. Oh. Unless you want to go, unless oh. you want to go like five two two one, that's quite hipster. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll, br- I'll brush you through my four, and we'll hear what we'll hear what Callum's got to say as well. Um, I've gone with Trent Alexander Arnold at right back. I think that's a shoe in. You don't apparently, because you was as you were saying before uh, we went on. Rhys James for me. Uh, I think you're talking absolute nonsense, uh, but that's fine. At left back, Callum always talks nonsense. He's currently shaking his head. We've got left back. We've got Jao Cancelo for me. Absolute superstar. The yeah. Trent Alexander no, Arnold no. of Man City. Just both of them, stupendous. Two centre backs. Again, this has changed slightly. Um. It's really difficult. I think Van Dijk should be there, but he's not there. But he should be. Uh, I've gone with Diaz and Rudiger. Rudiger because of Chelsea's back three. Even though I say that he's a big benefit of the system, doesn't mean he's not been phenomenal in that system. I think Rudiger Rudiger's benefited a lot from the back three or the back three tax, as I say. But he he's been perfect with it. He breaks through. He, you know, he splits lines. He barges forward. Good on the ball. Aggressive. Really t- gets really tight. Put when he's pushing up. He's been the, he's been really 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 impressive, and I was going to go double Chelsea as I say with with Rudiger and Mendy, but I've just edged with Rudiger because I think he's been slightly better over the season, and Diaz as well because Diaz you know ever since he's come into the Premier League has been a, a figure of consistency, and he, Man City are you know so much better at the back because of his calming influence. Everything he does, I think he's just. Perfect. He's very understated, but he's, he's chipped in with a few goals as well, even today. You know, so Diaz and Rudiger, but Van Dyke really should be there. And yeah, he's not. Callum. Um, I'm going Cancela right back. Mm. I'm gonna go for a centre back pairing of Thiago Silva and Ruben Diaz. I think Thiago Silva has been Beyond incredible this season. 37 as well. Yeah, yeah. They has played well. If Thiago Silva wasn't in that back three, I don't think Rudiger plays as well as he does. I think it's very much Silva's almost like there to hold the hands of Christensen and um, Rudiger. Not, not to dispute that they're both not good players because they are good players, but they'd be way worse off without Silva and far more exposed. Even say they bought like Jules Kunde or whatever that it was said to me, and it was Kunde, Christensen, and Rudiger. That back three wouldn't have been as good. I think Kunde is more of a Rudiger, though, isn't he? As, a, as an aggressor forward. Without Silver, mm, okay. those, those two don't look as good, and that will be proved if Rudiger. Goes. Who's the other centre back? Uh, Diaz. Diaz. Diaz speaks for himself, doesn't yeah. he? Just yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm at. Yeah, this is going to surprise a lot of people because people think I hate him, but I don't. But I'm actually going to put Ben Chilwell left back. I actually think Ben Chilwell's had a season, you know. Well, he's only played about a third of the games, hasn't he? 
Half? Yeah. When he's played. Check the statistics while Harry goes through his team. I think he's played half or less of the game. When he's played, though. Yeah, but that's like saying, I don't know. Really good. Right, okay. Yeah, that 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 will shock a lot of people because it's it's always going to be. I can see you pulling your face. It's game of opinions, isn't it? <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Don't know. By by that token, you could probably say Marcus Alonso because he scored quite. A, he scored a couple of goals. Don't know. Definitely. Oh, it's not. In, it's not in my court. For that reason, I don't think he's played enough. I don't think he's played enough. I don't think. Anyway, Harry, five. Five. Christ, that was, was weird. Five five, really. It yeah. was like a lag. You were staring at the side and then you faced it. It's like the exorcist. Yeah, much of the thoughts. Oh, right, okay. Sherrick's on, you so. did shout anything out. Appreciate it. But you could have done it. It would no. have been funny. Go on. Hang on. Yeah. Double yeah. 10. Yeah. Beautiful shot. 2 0. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so yeah. right back or right wing back, Reese James. Yeah. Just Not because he's enough. been out the side as a recent, people forgot about him. But look how good he was at the start of the season. Quality. Yeah. I, I don't Humble, really You can argue mm. trends, but for me, Reese yeah. James. Wrong. Three centre halves, Thiago mm. Silva, mm. like Callum said, absolute animal of a defender. I do like Thirty-seven years of age. Yeah. Uh, we've got Rudiger alongside him, arguably the best centre half in the league this season so far, and the one that you guys have both forgot about, Gabriel from Arsenal. He has played. No, you know what? He has been very. You know He's what? Class. Red, red Gabriel. I do. But really, you've got double really Arsenal defence there and you've ignored Diaz, even though I think Van Dyke as well. I've, I've not had Van Dyke and I feel just wrong. It's because he's that good and the standards are so high for Van Dyke. <laughs> oh, he's that good. Oh, well, we're not having Salah in then. It's too good. It's too good. Puts that maximum. That's what, it is, that's what it is with Van Dyke, though, isn't it? Right. Everyone, like Salah, like, he's arguably the best player in the world at the minute. You can't not have him in your team. But Van Dyke, is, he kind of like, he goes under the radar a bit, even though mm. he's that good. That's probably why he's not got Fine. on the team. And left back, Cancelo. I don't yeah. need Diaz anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, just before we move on, I know we said this a bit ago, actually. Cancelo versus Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, the Callum versus Cancelo, fair. Um, I almost think Cancelo's like the new shiny toy, though. As, as good as he was in Serie A, and he's as good as he was in La Liga as well. Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think we forget. I mean, that goal he scored against Newcastle, my word. What a phenomenal hit that was. So so Shouldn't good. Should have been on the pitch, mind. But that's a. Oh, <laughs> Peter Walton. Peter Walton disagree. Peter Walton. Peter Walton for the win. Yeah. Sure. I. I mean, I mean. To be fair, the great Danny Alves wasn't the best of defenders, was he? He was a solid defender, but. And he's still he getting was... the team of the year now. So... <laughs> yeah, he is in his That's a joke, by the way. I don't, I, that's another one in itself. We're not even going to talk about that. Um, was it FIFA Awards, was it? Yeah, getting it every year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting when he's retired. Still there. A bit like those EA sports team of the seasons when he used to be there every time. Most disliked card on foothead it used to be always when I was younger. Anyway, um, but yeah, t- just, just, as a, just as a thing. Two quality footballers, in my word, they really did revolutionise right, uh, right back, left back position, full back position, in in the top flight. And tell you what, they're doing it without being wing backs, even though they are really. But I still think it's even the more impressive. Imagine if they, I mean, to be fair, Trent is Alexander Arnold is kind of a wing back for Liverpool. I suppose in a way, Cancelo is for City, isn't he? Really, he's the one that he just has a life. Both, but wow, just magicians. Midfield, Harry. Go on, that. Oh, I won't go first. Left mid, right mid, or do you want the centre mids? How do you want it? Have you gone 5 4 1? 
sort of a 5 4 1, yeah. It's okay. the only way I can fit everybody into this team. Okay, go on then. That, go I, on. that I want to pick. But uh, right mid, Mo Salah, best player in the world. Thank you very much. Yeah, but he's too uh, good for two centimetres, isn't he? Yeah, too good. Yeah, uh, two centimetres, Declan Rice. Yeah. Just quality once again this season, yeah. proven his worth. And like David Moy said, £100 million was a bargain for him in the summer. No one picked him up on that. Uh, a man that's found his form again, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. I'm going to put yeah. him alongside him. Was probably the year that Hazard left the league. He was like the second best player in the league. He's found that form once again, found his way back into Guardiola's side. Agreed. And the quality that City have got, showing that, you know, he's impressing in that side every week. Incredibly, yeah. incredibly good. Mm. And I don't know whether you guys will have him in, but Emmanuel Dennis from Watford, seven very goals and five assists. Good shout. In a team that are 17th in the league. Yeah. And, you know, I think they signed him for four million pounds as well. Yeah. That, that, that can't go understated. Really, really good player. And I think he's destined for the Premier League, regardless of Watford's. You know, if they, if they stay up or go down, the I like that. I like that to be fair. And Dennis, Dennis has been a, a bit of a revelation, even in fancy football. And don't know why I went for Josh King a few weeks ago. Um, statistics are misleading. I've gone for Rice. This is a three, by the way. So I've not got to my three yet. So salaries there. I've gone Rice, Bernardo Silva, and a couple of you forgot. But Callum probably has him actually to be fair. Connor Gallagher. Connor yeah. Gallagher, superstar, absolute gem. Crystal Palace have gone to a next level, really, not because of other players and Vieira's done a good job, but the influence of Gallagher has been nothing short of exceptional, so much so that there's talk of him staying at Chelsea next season, which would be brilliant in itself, really, if he can get into that team. I think something's happened on the darts as well, judging by facial expressions yeah, that you cannot see. There you, go. <laughs> there you go, very good. But those three, yeah, Rice, reasons what uh, Harry said, Bernardo Silva, reasons what Harry said, Gallagher, reasons what I just said. Lovely three. Brilliant three. Callum, yours three, four? I'm going four. Before I go on to that, can I change my fullback? Because I've realised that I was discussing this with someone the other day and I genuinely forgot I mentioned this one. This will still cause surprises, but I'm going to throw Livermento as my right back. Take Chilwell and put... Fair play. Yeah. Better. I forgot that I'd said... I'm still saying that Chilwell's had an excellent season. I just forgot mm. that I'd... So I feel like it's only right that I go with the right back that I've said before, but Livermento, but Livermento anyway. has been excellent to be fair. That's true. Yeah, I'm flat four because I was, I'm just bog standard and just say it like that. Uh, Bernardo Silva, um, I love him. I think he's incredible. I think he's the most exciting player for me personally to watch. I just enjoy watching his style of football. Salah, obviously, because Salah is all right, I think. Not bad. Um, yeah, Conor Gallagher. Uh, insane. Hear about him on multiple occasions, thanks to my work colleague, Ruben, who's a Palace fan, but uh, probably justified given how good he's been. And then probably is Declan Rice, to be fair. I mean, Declan Rice, is, if a year ago, if he said, what do you think of Declan Rice? I'd say he's a bang average footballer, but now... Um, I think he's fully swayed my opinion. I think he's, um, yeah. I, I actually really like him, not just for his on the pitch mentality, but his off the pitch yeah. mentality. Yeah. No, very good. Right. In terms of my front three, um, right, it's quite hard. So I have had a light, late change of head because I noticed how you've been positionally, and I think, well, is Salah really just a right mid? He's more of a right forward. So I'm going to play by ear and do slightly different. I'm going to go for Salah as my false nine. Yeah. 
because I think he, why, why not? I, I like that's not it. Ah, yeah, why not? I mean, the reason being is because the striker positions, there were so many, yeah, maybe we could have them, maybe we could have them. I don't know what happened to my voice. I went up and up. There, but <laughs> the, the, the could be, could be. I mean, I'll, I'll talk you through. Antonio, I thought, for a long time, would be there. Got off the boil quite a bit now. Vardy, consistent in a very difficult season for Leicester. Could be there. Shake of the head from Callum, really. But again, I didn't really want to go there. Dennis, you made a really good argument for how he's done winning Watford. Been very, very good. Defying XG. Going through a bit of a purple patch. He probably would have been my shout. But I've gone with Salah because I think, well, I have another one at right wing who's done phenomenally well. There's Rafinha. Rafinha for Leeds has been phenomenal in a very, very, very difficult season. Every single week, he's pretty much he's involved in one of the goals if Leeds do score. I think he's got one of the highest percentage of goal involvements in the league. He has been tremendous. And in a season where many Leeds assets have faltered or been injured, he's actually probably excelled even more than he did last season, I think because he's really stepped up to the plate in difficult moments and got leaves some crucial points. He's been scoring some penalties recently too. Now, left wing, again, this could be a lot of people, but I've gone with Smith Rowe. I think Smith Rowe has been the shining light of Arsenal in an attacking sense, even when he's not starting games recently due to you know good form of others around him. He's coming off the bench, he's scoring goals. He's been brilliant from, from the off, really. Even that Brentford game, where they lost 2-0 and they were appalling Arsenal. He was one of the players that I remember did really, really well, wanted to take the game and do something and make something happen. So I think, even though he's not starting now as well, I think that's just part and parcel of a big club. You have rotation, you have moments in the team, moments out of the team. How do you respond to that? Well, he's had two substitute appearances in the last two games he hasn't started. He scored two goals. So that's, that's, that's testament to his character. He's got a very, very, very good homegrown player there. And yeah, that's my front three. Harry Callum. Harry, we'll go with you. One striker. Um, I'm surprised Callum you didn't Wilson. mention him or you didn't actually mention him at all. Diogo Jota. We don't really striker, is he? I'm, I, I'm I, going with him. I'm going with him as a striker in this team. And like, I also do like his quality. He's dislodged for me in what that side, that famous front three. He's managed to get himself into that. He only misses about 25 chances a game, though, doesn't he? Before he scores. I think he's very, very good and put him in a quality side among quality players. Uh, that, that's my pick anyways even if you don't like it Do you I, don't, I don't I don't like it no, so. <laughs> that's fine uh, Callum 2 is it? yeah not really any standout no. strikers hence the Salah false Tony Antonio but he went off the boil like he did didn't he he did he's still doing well but not statistically as well I think he, the thing with Antonio as well I don't know if you agree Sometimes he looks like a world beater when he scores ridiculous goals. And you think, how's he done that? And then other times when you ask him to do an eight-yard pass, you think, why can't you do that? But you can score from, I don't know, some ridiculous angle where you dribble a player and smash it in. He's just one of those ridiculously frustrating players. Definition of consistently inconsistent. But still effective. You'd have him in your team. Probably. Unless your team happens to be quite a good team with good strikers, obviously. Then you probably wouldn't. But... Martinelli, maybe, or is that just based off recent? That's probably a worse pick than Chilwell because you just you just scored. Nah, that. I like Mart. I do like Martinelli, but he's it, the only coming at the team over the last like. Three yeah, well, you picked Jota, so your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> you picked Trent, and he's awful. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> do you want me to get Liverpool Twitter on that? <laughs> what do you yeah, think? I'm, Trent I'm is awful. Right no, you're not. 
I'm going to ask Fabrizio Romano who's better. Why don't we ask him? Why don't we ask him on the on the chat? Fabrizio Romano and Babel, who's better? And it, his answer will declare who is better. Sorry, Callum, carry on. I've checked his thing. He's got six goal contributions in 11 games. Martinez this season. That's good. Is that just... I'm sure Smith Rowe's got more than six, hasn't he? Yeah, but Smith Rowe. Good players are um, 10 in a 4-4-1-4-4-4. That would be 14 players in a 4-4-1-1. I'm literally just doing it as the flat four, like you see on the formation boards, just the flat 4-4-2. Uh, they do a team or whatever. Yeah, awful. yeah. T- tell you what, then. While you think of, the- have you got any? Have you got an A? I know who my manager is. Don't know who my striker. Oh, that's like a Boris Johnson. I know. But Boris, what's happening next week? Oh, yeah, I don't know. But get boosted now. Um, I think um, my manager for me would be. I'm not going to say Guardiola because I think, yeah, that's easy. I'd, I'd probably say Thomas Frank for what he's done for Brentford. He's been. Been ridiculous and 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 almost almost reminiscent of you know I'm, I'm thinking Chris Wilder mainly of what Chris Wilder did when he first went up with Sheffield United how he took expectations and threw them out of the window and said you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this club and, and and ride this wave of optimism and he's done it superbly brilliant brand of football passing through going direct bit of everything yeah I I can't look bit, oh actually no I can I said that um, <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. So Thomas Frank and David Moyes. David Moyes has been also tremendous. Uh, I, I'm getting those eyes. I, I don't know if I've forgotten someone. I probably have. But David Moyes has done a terrific job as well. Um, those two, probably. I'll go Thomas. I'll go Thomas. Thomas Moyes. There you go. Thomas Moyes. That's his son. If he had a son, he'd call him Thomas. Maybe he does have a son. Don't know if he's called Thomas. Google it, someone. Uh, Harry, did you? Harry, did you get a manager? Callum, did you get a front two and a manager? Harry. Well, uh, manager, David Moyes for me. Yeah. I think he's doing a great job David once again this season. The thing is, personal shout for Vieira. Maybe we'll go with David Vieira because I think he's done a very good job. And I don't What's think Vieira's middle expect- name? I don't think anybody expected Palace to get used to Vieira's demands and tactics so quickly. I know they kind of Gallagher there. Yeah, exactly. They've done well in the summer. They brought in some great players and that's worked really well. It's probably the best Palace team they've had. I'll keep believe ever, I'd say. They're playing some good stuff, but Moyes for me. Check the good. ever comment. Just have a look at the history. I don't know. Most, actually. most exciting. De- oh, yeah, definitely the most exciting. But yeah, Moyes yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The, yeah. it's the fact they've been able to balance Europe as well, which I thought they'd really struggle with this year. That balance yeah. of, like, they've not got a big squad, mm. keeping the standards that high and yeah. contesting with Europe and yeah. cracking job. Yeah, it looks like they're going to get Europa League again. So, yeah. really good. Well done, yeah. Moisey. Callum Front too, manager. Actually, convinced me to go Jota. Um, yes. Yeah. Check the stats. Jota's actually the second top goal scorer in the Premier League. It could have, it should be first. I actually think Jota has a very good all round game. Um, and a Merva striker was. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Wood. Um, Erm's a good player, though, isn't he? 25 goals. He's got sent off. I might just put Salah at top and just go Rafinha. Yeah, no, that's a good shout to be fair. Yeah, not Jota. Oh, did you go Jota? I've gone Jota and Salah. Right. I don't know okay. why. Goal scorer in the Premier League. Jota offers a lot more than people think just because he misses chances. 
He doesn't just he does exactly what Firmino does, but that does actually score goals, as proved by being the second top goal scorer in the Premier League. Not for me, Clive. He's, I don't he's know. got Firmino out of that team. That like, was one of the best front threes in the world. Been injured, Jeff. He's been injured. Still, he's still got him out of the team. If, he's, if Firmino is that good, he'd jump straight back in the side. Oh, in crutches. Yeah, but if Firmino... No, when Firmino's back to full fitness, have you noticed what they do? They go to a 4 2 3 1 and jot the plays mm. up front. That's how good he is. Yeah, yeah. How many last Firmino played and was shot. How many times did it take him to score a goal? Didn't he go like 27 games doing it at Anfield? Oh, to, be, to be fair, they, they're both probably getting in front of goal, aren't they? They both are. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't mind. Jota's I do way better him. in front of goal. No, I do rate Jota. I, don't, I do rate him. But if you were to bet your house on someone running through on goal, you think, oh, he's going to score. You won't bet it on Jota. You know, he'll, hit, he'll either hit Rose Ed or he'll hit the top corner. It's one or the other. I don't know, but yeah. uh, the season so far. Who's that? Uh, David Moyes. David Moyes. This is going to be a fun edit. Uh, <laughs> these You're going to have so much fun, Ten. I know. I know. Now you tell me about it. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. To be fair, I might just leave it and let the audio, let the, let the listener do it themselves. Just to, um, maybe Ash, just to, just to sort of summarize that, because there are a few names we missed off. Uh, like Callum said, I mean, Cornet's had a wonderful start for Burnley. I, I, personally, I, I didn't even consider him because, again, I'd be a hypocrite if I said the, the Chilwell shout. I just don't think Cornet's played enough, really, to, to justify a place in the team of the season so far. Um, I suppose, Dennis, you said as well. I mean, the right-back was really interesting because you said Tommy Asu, Harry, before. Tommy Asu. I forgot come. about him completely. Didn't even pass my mind there. That's how just how pa- I mean, no one should have passed your mind except for Alexander Ronald, in my opinion. I don't know how... You know, but obviously, me, obviously, right? it did. Obviously, for both of you. Um, and then at left back again, I don't think anyone should have passed anyone's mind apart from Cancelo. And to be fair, I don't think it did. So, well, uh, too well, but Cancelo, uh, Cancelo got there in the end. Um, and I'd say actually a shout and goal actually for um, for Edison, who I think continue. I mean, there's often a debate between Edison and Allison who's better, blah blah blah. But I think Edison's sort of showing this season how phenomenal he really is. Uh, consistently fantastic with the distribution, makes some really, really big saves. There's no better keeper is there for Man City, uh, Harry, in, in terms of in terms of someone who can kick a ball unbelievably well and save lots and lots of shots, even though he doesn't have to. He's got a Guinness World Record, doesn't he? And you know, also wipe a player out in the box and not get a penalty for it. So magic, that isn't it? Medicine. What did Peter yeah, Watkins say? He said that Ryan Fraser fell into him. <laughs> did he? <laughs> what did Fabrizio Romano and Vavil say? Probably the same as Peter Walton, always correct. With a full stop. <laughs> I imagine. <it. laughs> yeah, well, I think that sort of wraps it up. And what I will say is that if you're if you're listening to as we said at the start, quite randomly, if you listen to this before Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas. If you're listening to this on Christmas Day, you sad out, talk to someone, talk to the oh, family. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? I'm like, yeah, you know, actually, still thanks for listening. And a Merry Christmas. If you just finished Christmas Day, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Maybe you know Boxing Day, whatever you know. He's giving me that look. Might, you know. What about New no. Year? What happens if someone's listening to it on New Year? Uh, if you're listening to it on New Year, then um, you'll—I don't know—you know, good, good, happy greetings for the New Year. Uh, we'd appreciate a subscription, just in case I can get the scheduling back on track. Um, if I can't, then don't shoot the messenger. But wonderful Merry Christmas, wonderful New Year from everyone at Varvel, myself, Harry. Non-Varvelers like Callum, 
Oh, Jordan, who I used to podcast with, he'll love that. He'll love. It. Yeah. Any, any last, any, any Merry Christmas thoughts, guys? You want to pass on some loving, you know, sentiments? Merry to... Christmas, everyone. Oh. You've not spent your time on Christmas Day. Listen to this podcast. Have <laughs> you spent time with your families and uh, enjoyed, enjoyed them rather than had those sit times? But any other day, listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to be fair, Callum is not in a fishbowl. Although, if I've done the editing <laughs> perfectly well then uh, it won't sound like it. It will only take me about seven hours to edit this together, but I will try my very best to make it all sound superb, like like the Odeon cinema that I was in earlier today. So without further ado, like, comment, subscribe. You can't like it, but comment to subscribe. Give us a comment. Well, comment is a review. Good reviews, boost reach. Subscriptions, boost reach. Thank you. Good night. Have a merry, good night, good afternoon, good morning. Have a very merry Christmas. Have a very merry new year. Keep reading wonderful Varvel articles for wonderful Varvel content as and when it may appear.